to the Badass Breastfeeding Podcast. This is Diane, your lactation consultant. And I'm Abby, the Badass Breastfeeder. And this week, we don't have any sponsors. So we're going to get right into our shout out of the week. We're going to do our review of the week. And then we're just going to talk straight through with no breaks. Because this that? is a conversation. <laughs> we don't want to break up this conversation because really we're just going to be discussing things and, you know, telling you what we think about parenting. I'm sure you could imagine <laughs> what we're going to say about parenting. It'll just be like, sit back and relax. It'll be fun. And so, so this week's shout out of the week is actually a fun one because it is to somebody who wrote a review for us about a year ago, um, talking about how she was becoming an IBCLC and how she loves a podcast. And then she sent me a message on Instagram and saying, uh, I wanted to share an update to one of the podcast reviews I wrote. Um, and you all read on the show last April, um, I was a few weeks into working my way towards becoming an IBCLC. That next week I started, I have new glasses and it's oh. like, I'm like, I can't, I, <laughs> maybe they don't work so well. <laughs> anyway, I was a few weeks into working my way towards becoming an IBCLC. That next week I started as a WIC breastfeeding peer counselor. October of last year, I became a certified breastfeeding specialist. And this September, I passed audit and will be sitting for my IBCLC exam. Just wanted to share my progress. I appreciate the candid reminders of why my job is so important and how amazing your bodies are. So then I got another update. She passed. She's now an IBCLC, Erica Dudley, CBS, certified breastfeeding specialist and IBCLC. Amazing. Yes. And I think there were a whole bunch of people that just passed in like the beginning of this month, I think. Yeah. There was a whole yep. new um, group of IBCLC. So congratulations to everybody. And thank you so much for dedicating your careers to breastfeeding. And you can follow Erica Dudley is um, starting her services and you can follow her on Enriched Lactation. Enriched Lactation. She's on um, Instagram. And give her a follow. And congratulations again. Congratulations. And there was another um, mama that listens to us pretty religiously who just passed her IBCLC too. And I'm sure she knows who she is because awesome. she texted me the other day and let me know that she passed. And I'm so excited for her because there was um, a few people that I know of anyway. I'm sure there's like tons out there that the exam was on hold because they were supposed to take it last March. Oh, so oh. they were like, had done all this work to prep oh. for it. And then it got put on hold because of the pandemic. So good for you guys for not losing your focus. It's awesome. Oh my God. Well, there's nothing worse than preparing for a huge exam. And then you have to delay it because all that information starts seeping into the nooks and crannies of your brain never to be found again. I know. <laughs> <laughs> I know. It's like, oh my God. I, when I was pregnant with Jack, I was like really pregnant and I was... I had just finished all of my clinical work to become an LCSW. And I was going to, I told my supervisor, I was like, you know what? I can't even handle this right now. I'm going to take, I'll take the L LCSW. I'll take the exam after I have my baby because I thought it would be easier. Oh my God. <laughs> after I had him. Okay. No. Yeah. Anyway, I didn't even go back to work. Um, <laughs> but um, now I'm like, I don't think I could ever like, I could never sit that exam again now because it's so... It was years of piling all that stuff up in your head. Mm -hmm. And then it just goes. Anyway, I know that's really, really hard to have yeah. an exam like that delayed. 
I know. Yeah. So good for you guys. That's awesome. Yes. I love that. Congratulations to all of you. And um, I also want to let you know um, that we don't have sponsors this week, but go to badassbestfriendingpodcast.com and check out um, all the resources there. Um, including the sponsors because they make this podcast happen. And if you can give them any of your business, that would be wonderful. So go to the sponsor page and see if there's anything that you need. Um, see if it's there. And um, also at Badass Breastfeeding Podcast, um, you can scroll down and find the place to enter your email address and we'll send the podcast episode to you every Monday after it's published. And also on badassbreastfeedingpodcast.com, you can find our resources page of a bunch of breastfeeding resources, um, all of our other episodes, like almost 200 at this point. My God. And um, scheduling your very own online consultation with Diane. Yeah. And also Diane has our review of the week. I do. It is from, uh, you see, Ronnie0611. She says that this is a necessity. We are a necessity for all moms. I absolutely love this podcast. I only wish I had found it sooner. My girl is 14 months now and still breastfeeding strong. Throughout the whole beginning of my motherhood journey, I was constantly doubting myself. I had mastitis at three weeks. I had mastitis three weeks, multiple clogged milk ducts for at least the first six weeks. I desperately wanted to breastfeed, so I stuck with it. Feeding her through excruciating pain, thinking it was normal because I was told breastfeeding hurts. I was so close to giving up, but felt like I would be a failure if I did. Along with all that, my daughter would only sleep on top of me, and I also felt like a failure by letting her. When she slept with me, that was the only way I got any sleep as well. But with that, I felt like I was cheating as a mom, like good moms get their baby to sleep by themselves in their own room. So I guess I must be giving in too easy. It took a long time for me to realize that me doing what felt natural was being a good mom. And now looking back, it just makes me so angry that I was made to feel that way at all. My daughter is happy and healthy. So whatever I've done to make that possible means I'm doing it right. Thank you so much for doing this podcast. And I hope you keep it going. And I love that she, I mean, I'm... I'm sad that it like it was hard for her in the beginning, but I'm so glad that she realized that she has all that power, you know? So, yeah, I mean, that's how it is, right? It's hard. It's just is. Yeah, it just is. And And you struggle and all of that. And when I read this review, I was like, this is perfect for today because we're going to talk a lot about parenting. And I think this is a perfect like segue into that because she's like, look at, I got all this bad advice. People are telling me this, that, and the other thing. And I just figured out that once I did what I felt was right, that's when we were successful. And that's important. Yeah, totally. Totally. Like we could just like end the podcast there. I feel like... (laughs) (laughs) There we go. Thanks for doing the podcast for us. I know. Like that's our lesson for the day, folks. Do what feels right to you. Yeah. But we are going to talk about bad parenting advice, right? <laughs> like is that what we're well, talking about today? Yeah, right. Parenting advice that we just like that we think sucks. Mm-hmm. Um, but you know, it, like like you just said is like everything so many different things work differently for different people. Um and everyone has a different, everyone was raised differently. Everyone has trauma from their childhood. Everyone, that's just life, you know. Tra- we think of trauma as like you were in an airplane accident or like, you know, you were assaulted. Like that's not, trauma is just, trauma is something that we all go through. It's, yeah. Um, and so I think 
it's so interesting because when I started my when I started my the blog like eight nine years ago eight years ago um no it'll be nine years in March oh my god I think yeah because Jack will be 10 that's ridiculous but anyway when I first started it I was mostly talking about parenting it was like called a badass breastfeeder because it sounded cool but I didn't really talk about breastfeeding I just talked about attachment parenting because I was like finding my way you know I was like all these things that that I was learning about and and you know reading about and that doctors were telling me and that people were telling me they all just seemed didn't fit it didn't feel right it didn't seem like what I wanted to do right and then I started reading about attachment parenting which is you know it's like about you know breastfeeding baby wearing and co-sleeping and all that stuff and that started to feel I started to feel like okay I think I found what feels right to me um but then and then so then I was like this is the way my way or the highway attachment parenting or no parenting or you're a bad parent you know and I don't believe that anymore there's certainly things that I think should never be done um that just actually cause trauma you know and things mm-hmm. like that um but I also think that sometimes people just do things differently and I'm on a real rant here and saying nothing I just think people do things differently. So like, as we talk about bad parenting advice today, things that make us mad, realize that like, maybe it works for you, you know, cause I'm going to say a couple of the couple of mine are just things that I don't like, but I right. know are really popular and people do them. And like, I'm not saying that you're bad if you do them. I'm just saying I, they don't sit right with me, you know, and, and this is something that you can take. Cause probably listening, people listening to this podcast have younger kids, right? Right. They're, cause they're breastfeeding and all that. And maybe they don't, maybe they have older kids, but maybe not. And so just take this as like, you know, what feels good to you? What sounds, what sounds, most people don't read ahead in parenting because it's too much. Every moment is a crisis and you can't like be like, hmm, I wonder what we're going to do in the, you know, in the years, you know, seven to nine. No one does that. Right. But like, you know, if you hear something today and then at some point in the next couple of years, you come across it, you can be like, oh yeah, I remember them talking about that. Yeah. It doesn't sit with me either. So what sit well with me either. And like, you can Google this stuff. I mean, like one of the things, all of the things that I'm going to say, you can literally Google and find like articles about it. Oh, and I have some favorite of favorite um, parenting websites that I can share. Like, yeah, like the, you know, the um, like AHA Parenting is one that I like um, because she has um, like different behaviors. You can search up anything. You can search up the behavior or you can search up the age group and just kind of find out what's going on in that age group. Oh, that's um, cool. And what are some, like, yeah, what are some ways that you can handle it? Um, and then, of course, Tracy Castles has her evolutionary parenting um, blog website that has everything. You can look up all kinds of things on that too in that way, age yes. group or behavior or whatever. She's got awesome stuff on her site. Yeah, totally. So, yeah. okay. So what do you want to, what do you want to start with your thing you don't like? We made lists, right? Or I mean, I did. I, yeah, we did. I, there is like, yeah. And mine, God, I was like trying to go through, first of all, I want to say that when we do the breastfeeding podcast, when we talk about breastfeeding. We are constantly talking about how babies are different right? Babies are different. Babies are different. We can't treat them the same because babies are all different. They're not cookie cutters. Like we talk about that all the time. Right. And that continues on. So just like how you were saying, like 
there's some things, there's some parenting advice that floats around out there. And that might be really great if it fits for your family. But if it doesn't, that doesn't mean you're doing things wrong. Like it just means that that doesn't fit for your family. That isn't a good fit for your family. And one of the things that used to drive me crazy would be when people try to tell me how to feed my kids. And your kids should have this this kind of food. Your kids eating too much of this. Well, oh, he's hyper. He's you know he's he's hyper. He's eating too much of this. You should cut back on this food. You should cut back on this food. Try not to give him this food. And I used to hear that all the time. And my kid is very sensory, and would only eat very certain foods. And I'm like, you know what? If I cut these foods out of his diet because of a so called like issue that it's giving him, he will eat nothing. Well, make him eat the other foods. You have to make him eat the other foods. You have to make him eat this meat. You have to make right, him eat this vegetable. Right, which works for some kids who are who are able to eat lots of different kinds of foods. But but if you have a kid who doesn't eat very many foods, then taking that food away just causes another issue. Right. It's not going to you know, like he's yeah, not right. all of a sudden go, "Oh, oh, you took yeah. away my bagel." Well, then I'll great. Sure, I'll have a yogurt this morning. No. Right. No, no way. that's not going to happen. No, that's true. Kids are so different and you can't and that and also this whole what to eat and what not to eat is so privileged. Oh my god, do you know how much guilt I carried about that? About what my kids eat? So much guilt. Because I would read stuff on, you know, Facebook or whatever, say, Oh my gosh, my kids, oh, I would never give them that. You gave your kid a Pop Tart? I would never give my kid a Pop Tart. Oh my gosh, you can't have these processed foods in your home. Oh my gosh, you can't do this. You can't have this food. You can't do that. You can't, you gave your kid that food? That's terrible. You know how processed that food is? You know what's in that food? It's like, oh my gosh, I felt every day, everything that I gave to my kids, I struggled over. Would this be approved food? Is this on the list? Is this, you know, yeah, I've gone through that, too, with all of that. Oh, you know, there's so much food information out there right now. But the thing is, is that if you can make these choices, then you are really freaking lucky because there's a, a lot of people in this country that eat what they can afford. Yeah, exactly. People cannot afford to be switching out to everything is organic or gluten free and, you know, asshole free food. Like, you just can't <laughs> like that's like what I mean, like it's, you know, it's so expensive to be following these like guidelines that it's so it's such a privilege to be able to be like okay well he can't have this 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 or this and then just buy that food i mean like that's not how a lot of people are living and telling them that they can't be feeding their kids that is like it's ridiculous you know well then how about we stop having like you know billionaires and people living on the street right like this you know this doesn't apply this is ridiculous you know stop that's such a privilege such a privileged way of thinking but it was such a um, such a shame. I feel like such a shame moment for me. Like whenever I would see anything that made me feel like I was feeding my kids wrong. And I mean, and we know we see that all the time, like with the mommy wars and stuff like that. And it's like yeah. it carries on. Like after your after your kid is, you know, through that first year where you feel like you're really in the mommy wars, like it still continues on. It feels like you know, with as they get a little older. Oh, your child isn't in eighteen activities. Oh. I remember being at like a Christmas party or something once and my kids were not like, they weren't really like sports kids. They, they did like, you know, they did karate. They did a few things. My one son played baseball. They did little league, you know, but it wasn't like, okay, I had my kid in all these sports. They played all these high school sports. They played all these, you know, my daughter couldn't be bothered with any of that stuff. She did a little bit here and there, but never really found anything that she liked enough to commit to. 
And I remember being at like this holiday party once and this somebody's, you know, somebody's wife said to me, oh, so what sports are your kids in right now? Because her kid was a big football player. Like her kid was like the star, you know, quarterback for his school. So she like actually said, so what's what sports are your kids playing? Just assuming that they were in a bunch of sports. Yeah. Yeah. And I was like, and I never forgot that, that it made me feel like, okay, there's something wrong with my kids because they're not like the typical kid who wants to be in every single extracurricular activity they're in. Well, the sports thing in this country is out of control, man. Oh my God, it is. It's out of control. Having kids just like they're in school all day and then they're in four hours of activities after school and eight hours on the weekends and driving all over the place. And like parents on the sidelines screaming at their kids, coaches screaming, everyone's screaming. Oh my God, chill out. Uh, there was, I mean, this can't be good for anybody. No. And when we, or my son was in, um, my kids did play, you know, like I said, they played little league and my one son, Brandon, like he was really good at it. He was really good, but he stopped playing because he kept getting hit with pitches like constantly, <laughs> but like everybody gets hit with too. a pitch, right? <laughs> I know. Like everybody gets hit with a pitch when you're eight and you have an eight year old throwing a ball at people like you're going to get hit. Everybody got hit with a pitch, but he was just like, all right, I'm tired of getting hit. With no balls. way. I'm not doing it anymore. Yeah, no. But there was a kid on their team whose father was so over the top that he would, he like the kid, the poor kid would cry on the field. Dad's going to yell at me when I get home because oh, I- that's so disgusting. <laughs> it was just really really hard to watch and he the father would like scream at the umpire like it was just really hard to watch like these are like eight nine year old kids what are we teaching them here right now right nothing but shame and fear that's all shame and fear that's what they're learning yeah exactly so that is my big first one is the food that went into the sports shaming. <laughs> so, <laughs> That's perfect. Yeah, yeah. The sports one is good because I hate that. I have a big I have a big thing about that when I walk because my kids are homeschooled, so they don't like aren't really a part of any of that. Mm-hmm. But I see of course I see it. It's everywhere. And I'm like, that is just so disgusting. I'm glad they're not a part of that. Oh, I hate it. So I have a few, I have like a list of I have a list I'm gonna run because we're like, of course, we've been talking for 18 minutes. <laughs> But I'll run through through a few that I feel like kind of go together. Mm, so mm-hmm. the first one that I hate is the slogan. It's a slogan. Now it's a kid's slogan in the kids world. Sharing is caring. <laughs> I can't stand that. And I have a reason too, based on child development. You know, kids aren't, little kids aren't old enough to really understand what sharing means. So you see this a lot. And I see this, we see this a lot, like with toddlers and stuff, you'll go to the park and, Jack would be like, you know, one of them, one of my kids would walk up to some kid who was playing with their toys and just look, you know, he'd just be standing there looking. And the parent would reach over and be like, you need to share. He wants to play with it. He wants to play with her your toys. Sharing is caring. You need to share. And I'm like, no, no. I'm like, it's okay. They're just watching. Like you don't, first of all, like parents are constantly intervening in this, right? We can't like let right. kids work anything out. Um, and like my kids were literally like just standing there watching, but you, if you start ripping toys out of your kids' hands and telling them that sharing is caring. And of <laughs> course that means that if they don't share, they don't care. Right. And they, they're not capable of understanding that. Honestly, as they grow up, they're going to become less likely to share because they're not really going to understand what that means. You know, kids learn by watching us. So if they see you, you know, as like a sharing 
and caring person, you know, they'll be more likely to do this. And I see it with my kids. Like, I don't, I mean, of course, anecdotal evidence has nothing to do with like reality really. But I mean, I don't like, I I just, they're not capable of understanding really what sharing is and forcing them to do it will at some point backfire. Yeah. Because they won't learn really what it means and what it feels like to share. They don't get that. They don't, they're not going to, if you just like kind of just, just let them, they're like, their toy is theirs. First of all, how about somebody comes up to you with your groceries and is like, sharing is caring and starts pulling your groceries out on the street. <laughs> you'd be like, oh, excuse me. You'd like run into your house and you'd never share food. Right. But, but like, yeah. it, it just does like, it, it really backfires. And then another thing that like, that I don't like. And again, if you say sharing is caring in your house, I don't mean to shame you. I just don't like it. Um, also, um, the thing that goes around along with that is making kids say sorry. Making and forcing kids to say sorry makes it so that they never really understand why you would say sorry, except that it was an obligation. Mm-hmm. When I, when like, you know, when kids are learning how to be people, which is what we're doing our whole lives, really, you know, I feel like it's a better option is to sit, if they're old enough, if they're little, they don't, they don't know. You can't sit there. You also have to take in the, this is why I love the AHA parenting website is because you have to take into account like what, how old your child is and what they're even capable of understanding. Exactly. If you talk, if you talk to, you you talk to a two-year-old about throwing and you, you know, you say, don't throw and you say, you know, you say sorry and blah, they don't know what you're talking about. You know, and they have these big, you know, you know, they're still, they're still learning. They're still little, like a two-year-old is still like a baby in my mind. Right. Right. They are. They are not developmentally capable of understanding, you know, this big lecture about how you're supposed to say sorry. But um, you have to, so you have to be taking into account like the age of the child, what the behavior is like, you know, and now like my kids are older and we can sit down when something happens, we can sit down and talk about like, okay, well, you know, you did this, you know, how do you think that made the other person feel? You know, what are some things you think you can do to like make this right? You know, and we'll talk about that. And sometimes they're like, you know, they're not ready or whatever. That's the other thing too, is like, sometimes they're not ready in the moment. It's okay to talk about it like tomorrow. Yeah. Um, but like, you know, then and then that's when, you know, I might say like, you know, you one of your options could be to go and say sorry. And that's how you like offer it as like a way you're teaching them the different options of making things right with somebody after they hurt somebody's feelings or hurt somebody or whatever. So yeah. I don't know. That's how making kids think do kids like these things that they're not even capable of understanding. I don't like that. Yeah, I know. You're totally right. Because if your child like smacks another child and you're saying oh go say you're sorry like nobody's really doing the work to find out like why did this even happen and does your child even understand the concept of what just happened there you know because it really is it's complicated you know kids don't have especially when they're little little like that they don't have the emotional capacity to work that through that's what we're supposed to be doing for them and helping them do Right. And if they're not ready, if they don't want to say sorry or they don't, you know, you got to respect that. You got to just let it be the way it is because they're learning Mm -hmm. and forcing them to go and say sorry about something that maybe they don't feel sorry about right now. 
Right. Maybe they're mad. Maybe we need to check in with them. Like, what did that person say to you that makes you, you know, hit them like that? Um, you know, and maybe they don't feel sorry for somebody who maybe said something that you don't even know if they said, you know, you don't know the whole story. You don't, whatever, you don't know what they're, what's going on inside with them, but like they will eventually learn what sorry means and then say it because they want to. And cause they actually feel sorry, mm-hmm. you know, they do learn these things. Absolutely. Absolutely. They do. What else is on your list? Um, making kids show affection. Oh, that's, that's a big one. Right 30 and don't do it. That's a big this, one. Yeah, this is the one. This is kind of something that like, this isn't really like uh, do what is right for your family kind of thing. No, no. Do not make kids show affection. This is, you know, go give Uncle Bobby a hug. Mm-mm. I'm sure Uncle Bobby is a great guy. But like kids need to learn that their body is their own. Mm-hmm. And that they don't need to do what you're telling them to do with their bodies, no matter how they feel inside. It makes them ignore warning signs inside their bodies. And it makes them feel like their body, they, they lose any kind of sense of bodily autonomy. And it's making them do something they might not be comfortable doing. Exactly. You don't want them growing up doing stuff they're uncomfortable doing. Exactly. That makes people ignore the warning signs inside their body, which are designed to be there to protect us. Mm-hmm. And then you go, I mean, I did this, I do this all the time. I was brought up like just doing what I was told to do. And like, how many, like, how much of my inside messages do I ignore constantly? (laughs) Yep. You know, you're just constantly doing, getting yourself into situations that you're not comfortable with. You don't say anything. So don't offend anybody. Go give Uncle Bobby a hug because he's expecting a hug. And if you don't do it, he's going to be offended and you're going to look bad in front of the rest of the family. No. Do you want to give a hug? Okay. Do you want to give, you know, grandma a kiss? No? Okay. You can just wave or, you know, do whatever you want to do. Right. That's, I don't, it's gross and it's not okay. That's one of the big ones. I was Googling like, you know, bad parenting advice because I wanted to see what would come up. (laughs) Yeah. And I didn't know, like, is it going to be like all of these things that people say they heard that was bad advice or is it legit going to be just bad advice, you know, but it was like lists of things that people have heard that they say, this is a really bad advice that I received when I had kids. Um, And like on every single list is to, is the forced affection that is like on every list that, and like, you know, don't hold your baby too much. How people still say that. Oh God. Yeah. Don't hold your baby too much. You know what else was on there that I totally forgot about that I used to hear when my kids were little, little. Give your bite your kid if they bite you. Oh my God. What? Yeah. Give your kid a taste of their own medicine. If he bites you, oh, bite him disgusting. back. He'll stop doing it. If he yells at you, yell at him back. He'll stop doing it. Okay. Hit well, you, hit him ridiculous. back. He'll stop doing it. That's how they learn. Like that's what we heard all the time. Yeah. Yuck. And it's not like I like raised my kids in the dark ages or anything, but you know, that I remember hearing that like bite your kid back. Yeah. People say all kinds of stupid stuff. I, I hear it all the time. I'm like, oh my God. Well, my kids were never biters. So that never, you know, I never got into that. But I'm like, wow. Bite your kid back. That's yeah. Crazy. Another thing I don't like is timeout. I yeah. think timeout is shitty. And it's again with child development. Kids do not just learn anything by sitting in a corner by themselves. They learn from us. They learn to regulate their emotions by us regulating our emotions and sitting with them and processing what went on. 
if they mm-hmm. ask, if they're like, my, like Exley, when he gets mad, he'll be like, leave me alone. And he runs into the other room. Okay. Like, I need to leave him alone. And he'll come out when he's ready. Mm-hmm. But I, I don't go like, oh, you just hit Jack. You need to go to your room and think about what you did. <laughs> you know, like, or take a timeout. You know, like, like a timeout as a punishment is like not, that's not, that's not helping your kids process what happened, their feelings, emotional regulation. Like, it's just loneliness and shame. Sometimes they don't even know what they did wrong. No, I know, right. Well, you don't, and how are you supposed to know if somebody's not talking to you about it? Because kids do all kinds of things and they don't really know. They just don't know. They just got here. They don't know all the Mm -hmm. rules of being here. You know, they're hitting because they don't know what else to do with their bodies. Their brain takes over. You know, they get upset. If you're like, if your kid's two, three, four years old, you know, they get upset. They have tantrums, these giant body movements. They're not trying to hit you. No. Their bodies and their arms and their legs are literally moving out of control. And And so, you know, then being like, you hit, you go sit in the corner by yourself. Like, that doesn't solve anything. They're just confused. And they don't have the words to really explain it. And if you think about it, like, how many times... Or maybe my family's the only one that this happens to. I don't know. But how many times do you have an argument with your partner where your partner says, okay, what did I do wrong? You know, like they don't, sometimes they don't know what you're upset about. And I mean, I know that happens to us where I'll be upset about something and Tom will be like, all right, what did I do? Kind of thing. You know, like, (laughs) because he just, it could have been the thing that he did, you know, 20 minutes ago or was the thing he just did like what what is it that i'm mad at and he's he's not really adults can't even figure this stuff out so how can kids like so and we you have to have a conversation about it right like you have to have a conversation and it's just like with your kids you have to have a conversation and with us he knows that if he tries to talk to me about it right away i shut him down and i need that time yeah. So it's like you have to just know how to read your kid but you know you you learn that by being with them you know, you learn that by being with them and listening to your own instinct with what's going on with your child. But if you just kind of go, oh, well, my neighbor said that timeout is really good for this kind of thing. So I'm just going to put my kid in timeout. And nothing happens. And you're wondering like, okay, why is this not solving the problem? Your child doesn't even know what he did wrong. They don't even know. They don't know. Right. And I'm talking about like, I'm literally talking about timeout as a punishment. Like if people yeah. if people have this buzzword in their house where they're like timeout and everybody like chills out or just sits stops what they're doing and sits down or whatever. Yeah. That's not the same thing. No, not the, it's not like, the same. You go that's like in the corner by yourself for five minutes and right, staring at the wall. There's mm-hmm. usually like a little stool there and you have to yeah. stare at the wall or whatever. Yeah. <laughs> the timeout chair. Yeah, right. There's a yeah. timeout chair and you have to go sit in there. I mean, like, no, that's not that. I uh, yeah, I see like other kinds of timeouts are more like with the cry it out, which is another thing I don't like. Oh no, with no. the you know, but like cry it out is is like methodical and planned out, right? Like like if you're about to lose your shit and you put your baby in the crib and you leave the room, that's not cry it out. That's like a safety measure. Exactly. So like sometimes timeout is like okay, everybody needs to stop what they're doing and like you know, we need to regroup or we need to restart or whatever. That's not what I'm, that's not what I'm talking about. I'm talking about the stool in the corner. <laughs> yeah. Thing I don't yeah. Like. 
And then kids know, okay, if I do something wrong, that's my punishment. But then they think everything they're going to do is wrong. But then it's just automatic. It's like, oh, mom's mad. I'll just go sit in the corner. I don't know what I'm doing. You know, like nobody's really talking to them about what's going on. And it just becomes like just this, you know, just this kind of routine that you go through where nobody's really learning anything. No, they're just doing it. I also dislike, I know this is like a big one, so I don't know. I might be like offending some people with this, but hear me out. (laughs) I don't like good boy and good job. It comes from like dog training, right? Mm -hmm. Like good boy. Yeah. Oh, you put that. Oh, you put the block on the thing. Good boy. I mean, they're not dogs. And like, it's like more of like a behavior you can like you can read a lot of blogs about good boy. Maybe they can explain it better than I can. Good job or good boy. It's like a good girl, whatever. Um, it's more. It's this like constant judgment of each behavior that they're doing, and so you're placing this value, good or bad, on every behavior, and really kind of removing any sense of like who the child is as a person. You know, like. Like you're you're just placing value on the behavior and not them as people. Right, right, right. And that just becomes if you're doing it all the time, it's just like, oh, they learn they're learning like how to behave just from like these cues of good boy or bad boy or not, you know, good job. And I don't know. I'll put a link to an article in the show notes and you can read more about it. I mean, I it I just definitely like you're talking I do it to my dog. Yeah, I know, me but too. Like and I know good job is like a thing. It's like you hear it every day. You hear it all the time. Right. And everybody everybody wants to be praised and be recognized for something that they did. And kids definitely need that positive reinforcement. But if it's coming at them for every little thing, as far as like, oh, good job. Oh, good job. Oh, yeah. Good job. And it's like training. Like It's like training a dog, right? You're training them what to do and what not to do. Right. When really parenting is about connection, right? Mm -hmm. We're talking, we're just, we're, we're like, oh, oh, I love your drawing. Tell me more about it. Right. Now, like here, I did. A, I drew a drawing. Oh, good job! Oh, good job! Yeah, <laughs> you know, uh, yeah. like just try connecting more with the kid, and like you know, talk, opening up a conversation, and making them feel like they're good people all the time. Not whether whether they are doing what you want them to do or not. Yeah, that's another because thing. People yeah. do things all the way through their lives that like are undesirable or hurtful or whatever. We're humans. This is what we do. But kids need to you need to be valued and show that they're valued and they're worthy outside of their behaviors. And you know, this is how you create connection. Right. That's yeah. my list, even though every time I had this sitting up on the counter, and every time Josh walked by it, he was like adding more things to it. <laughs> <laughs> it's really it's hard, you know, because I know that. You know, when I had my kids, I was just like winging it and it's like getting bad advice and doing things. Doing. And yeah, like, and I definitely did the timeout thing, not knowing, because it's like, okay, you just try the different things. But now that I know yeah. better, I'm like, okay, that probably wasn't the best thing in the world for me to do, you know, like, but now I know that, you know, and I do have connections with my kids and I do have conversations with them about things. And, but you just like, you're, we're just trying to figure it out. You know, we're just trying to figure it out. We are. Yeah. I mean, it's not. Yeah, that's not. People do all kinds of things. And then we later find out like, oh, maybe that wasn't. Yeah. But I mean, you know, you can't go. You can't go back in time and change it. No. 
Mm-hmm. And like, all you can do is just like, you know, think about what you might do next time based on the information that you have now. And sometimes like being the kid, my kid's age, like I can't even say to them like, well, that might not have been my best moment as a parent. So, you know, well, like- yeah, and that's also too. like, I do that mm-hmm. to my kids too. I go, I say sorry to my kids all the time. Yeah. I'm sorry. I yelled at you or I'm sorry. I said that I'm sorry. I did that. And you know what they do when they do things too, they come to me and they say they're sorry. I've never made them say sorry. We say sorry to each other because they probably do it because I do it. Right. They're mirroring. I'm you. sorry yeah. that I yelled at you. I know that's scary and I know it hurts your feelings and I'm sorry. I'll try to do better next time. Like it's that's that's all you got to do. Yeah. But yeah. So, so Diane wants us to start a parenting podcast. Would anybody listen to that or are you are you all throwing shit at your phones right now? I know. You're probably all like. Shut up, assholes. I know. <laughs> yeah. Like. Give us some feedback because we are like we are considering and things it. to talk about. Yeah, we are considering doing this and you know putting it out there, and we'd love to hear what you th- what your thoughts are. Would and it you can obviously be it? more substantial, like not just like a list of us ranting. We can like actually like take it a topic and yeah. give some like real like information about it. Yeah. So if it's something you think you would listen to, then let us know. But we like we both actually have like education behind it. It's not like we're ranting it's just true. to rant yeah but yeah so let give us your thoughts we'd love to hear about it yes thanks for listening thank you bye, bye. bye.